Hi, everybody. Welcome to a podcast on Queer Folk's Favorite Tunes. My name is Hannah. My pronouns are they, them. You're listening to Queer Sounds. I am honored to have a, another wonderful radio gig with me on the show today. Hi there, Alicia. Hi, Hannah. Nice to be here. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I had a, a wonderful day listening to all the musical nuggets that you suggested <laughs> I listen to. But I, I bet that we... Um, We'll get to that. How was your day? I had a good day. I have a lot going on at work right now, um, but nothing nothing negative. It's all positive and all good. Uh, just for the record, uh, your pronouns, what are they? Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, my pronouns are they, them. Hi. All right, cool. Don't worry. It's just, you know, sometimes people yeah. forget it. It's important to ask, no right? Yeah. I, lately, I've been, lately, I've just been joking and saying that I have no pronouns and then being like, please don't perceive me. Uh, but no, it's fine. They're, they're they, them. <laughs> it's that classic internet meme, right? Uh, I yeah, have no pronouns. Like have... Please don't refer to me. Yes, just don't refer to me at all. Thank you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> classic. I, I bet after this episode comes out, people will be referring to you and ha all of the awesome stuff that you do. Um, Thank you. One of the things I wanted to start with is... Uh, your voice acting, because I tried looking for some stuff that you did, but it was, it's, it's, it's hard to find. You didn't find any. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, I, no. I found some of the, the, uh, some stuff on the Nopia TV, um, yes. so, YouTube uh, channel, no but on, elaborate. On Nopia TV's YouTube, um, I voiced several characters on the series that we did called Alvin from Earth. I actually wrote that series. And then I voiced several actors in various cartoons for the Lumo Stars uh, toy brand. So Lumo Stars are these cute little cute little characters that live in a fictional northern Finland-esque world and I've written and voice acted in several of their ads and short films. Most recently however I've done I don't know how to explain what this is because it's it's definitely voice acting but I guess character acting for a YouTuber called Ujanka Show. He likes me to read his hate comments so he He'll email me his hate comments and then I'll record myself reading them in different voices and pretending to be different actors and different characters. So that's been a lot of fun. I've been thinking lately that I should make like a Fiverr page where, you know, up and coming YouTubers can pay me like a couple of bucks and I will just narrate their hate comments. Of course, within reason, I'm not going to read, you know, I'm not going to read like racism or sexism, but but really just dumb hate comments i would love to read <laughs> oh that sounds amazing go for it uh how I did you I'm gonna. yeah how did you get in voice acting into the first place so about 10 years ago i got approached by one small finnish production company who was making commercials for finnish cleaning products and they were trying to sell the cleaning products i think in china and latvia and they needed someone who spoke english natively to narrate and I never voice acted before but I've always wanted to so I was like heck yes I'll do this and I did it and it went super well and then it just from there on became sort of a coincidence in that I'm one of the few native English speakers who lives in my city I don't have an accent or I guess I kind of have an accent but I think my English is quite clear uh, which is rare because usually when people move here they're British or something and you know in some situations you want British English but sometimes you don't so I just I just get lucky, I guess. Um, since I switched jobs and I no longer work at Nopia, I've had fewer voice acting gigs. But as I said before, I definitely want to do more. And I've I've considered doing like a Fiverr page or something because it's it's fun. I enjoy doing it. So. All right. Um, let's uh, start one of the tracks that you selected for for today. Yes. Let's do um, it. I uh, did several Duolingo uh, sets of Norwegian, but okay, I'm... me too. All right, let's 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 get it going. Blios <laughs> mai by Dina. There we go. Please, 
right, Blue Hills Maya, track by Dina, and this sounds so amazingly 2003. I love it. It is. How did you know? Well, because Spotify tells you what year the album was released. Valid. Um, as a native Dutch speaker, I don't actually need any uh, Google Translate to translate the title. Title. It's uh, it, it translates to "Stay with me," and that's about as far as my Norwegian goes. Yes. Yeah, so the chorus is something along of like along the lines of like uh, "Stay with me when others let you down. You are everything to me. Together we'll find our way," or something like this. So. It's very cheesy and it's very simple Norwegian. Um, but when I was a, a younger person, I would say, you know, 10, 11, 12, I was super curious about music from abroad. I was living in the States at the time and I was just genuinely fascinated by music from other countries. And one day, I think I just Googled, you know, Norwegian top 40 or something. It was very random. And I found that the number one song at the time was also by Dina called Forevik Min. And so I typed it into a file sharing website, sorry, uh, and came across the album and I loved it. It was definitely where I was mentally at the time and the Norwegian language was so fascinating to me. And that kind of kickstarted a curiosity with Norway that I've always had. And I've now, since I've moved to Finland, I've now been to Norway several times and I love it. So It's just a weird coincidence, I guess. I've always been very fascinated by other cultures and other places. I think it stemmed from the fact that when I was living in the States, I just felt like such an outcast, you know, because of, you know, everything about me. I already knew that I was that I was not straight at that time. And I didn't have the words for the concept of being non-binary, but I knew I was not a quote unquote normal girl. So I... I just always felt like an outcast. And to me, Europe just seemed like this mystical place where I could one day live and be myself. And it turns out I was right. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Well, not uh, not not uh, not to put too many feathers up uh, Europe's ass because there is still a lot to be improved upon. But oh I'm no, glad there's a you... lot of there's a lot of things to fix. But yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm glad you found I'm, I'm glad you found your way here. I'm glad you found happiness here. So um, from what I've heard or read, I don't remember. Um, someone just asked you to move to Finland and you did. Yes, that was basically it. I had an online boyfriend and he was like, hey, you should move to Finland. And I was like, okay. And that's that's the end of it. I, I love yeah. how I love the simplicity in this. Like no complications. Yeah. Just... No, nothing, nothing more complicated. Like, oh, I was studying and then I had this. No, it was just like, hey, do you want to move here? Yeah. No heartfelt and... goodbyes. No, no, no dramatic no. airport chases. None. Uh, the only thing that was difficult was I had a cat named Rosie, uh, who I loved very dearly, but I was able to rehome her before I left. That was the only thing I had to do. Um, and it was actually quite easy to rehome her. And she ended up with a really awesome older lady who was very happy to have her. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad everything turned out all right for Rosie. Yes, Rosie. Rosie ended up having a nice a nice life all the way until the end. So so um your your entire uh, fascination with like different languages different different music uh from different countries that doesn't start and end with norway because you've got no. an entire radio show dedicated to uh, estonia so please talk radio to me yes so in 2018 i was coming home from a craft work gig in helsinki and i was channel surfing and i found a radio station playing the song bushman No one else, which I hate. I hate it. I think it's one of the worst 90s songs ever made. No offense, Bushman. Um, and usually in Finland, you hear that song on the radio a lot on Friday nights, but never on a Thursday afternoon. So I was like, okay, what kind of radio station is crazy enough to play Bushman's No One Else on a Thursday afternoon? And I kept listening. And then Jingle came and it said, you know, Estonian music, Finland's only Estonian language radio station. And I was like, oh, Estonian music. I've never heard anything about that. I think at that point, the only thing I knew about Estonian music was what I had seen in Eurovision, you know, Rockefeller Street and Verona. I was super curious and I kept listening. And then I just kept listening and kept listening for days. And two weeks later, they had an Estonian 90s party in Helsinki. And I was like, oh, I have to go to this. Like, this just sounds so fascinating. I can't miss it. And I remember my friend and I going and showing up and the security guards realizing very quickly that we were not Estonian. And they actually asked my friend and I, like, do, do you are you at the wrong party? Do you know where you are? 
And I said, yes, I'm here for the Estonian 90s party. And he was like, okay. And, uh, you know, I, I left my coat at the coat check and I I danced the night away. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know any of the artists, but I loved it. And since then, I've just been fascinated. I now have a very expensive collection of rare CDs and cassettes. I think I, I would safely assume that I have the largest collection of Estonian physical media outside of Estonia. And I have been doing Estonian Music Hour on that same radio station since March of 2020. My first episode was the Saturday before the whole country shut down, which was not ideal because I had a lot of plans, you know, to go to Estonia, interview artists and do a lot of research that I now can't do. But thankfully, since then, I've been able to kind of weasel my way into some Facebook groups. I've learned a bunch of Estonians, so I'm able to do more research than I was back then. And I'm super happy. I really enjoy what I do. It's a lot of fun. And I hope that, you know, I hope that someone gets some kind of enjoyment out of the show. <laughs> I think people do, but I, I hope they do. Um, I bet there is a, a, a lot of room in between that, though. Uh, like um, you, as of 2019, 2020, you're listening to Estonian music. Back in the day when you still lived in the U.S., you were listening to Norwegian music. Yes. What's... What what's the, the what's your general musical development from there? So from kind of A teens Westlife Dina A one, I somehow fell into pop punk, and from pop punk I fell into emo, like the Get Up Kids and Mineral and Jimmy Eat World, like this kind of emo, and from there I fell into hardcore. Then I kind of bounced around within pop punk, emo punk, hardcore for a very long time while sort of hiding the aspect of myself that loved very cheesy Eurodance because I was ashamed. I thought I had to hide it. You know, if you want to be cool, a cool scene kid or whatever, you have to listen to only the coolest bands because um, otherwise people might judge you, right? Like, or they might think you're a poser. And I think that's actually one of my biggest regret regrets in life is not just embracing the fact that I'm a redneck with a Gucci belt and, you know, loving that part of myself forever because I tried so hard to hide it for so long. And I think once I moved to Finland, you know, I talked earlier about when I moved to Europe, I can be myself. That's literally what happened when I came here. I embraced the part of me that, you know, loves Fallout Boy and also loves Bane and Gorilla Biscuits and all kinds of kind of weird rock stuff, but also loves to just listen to E-Type and Aqua on the weekend and feel no shame about it. What's what? What was the situation at the time? Like you, um, you you came across Dina like perchance, like by accident. Did the same thing go for the the emo and pop punk bands? No, uh, I think some of that was the fact that I had a brother who was ten years older than me, and he was into certain things. But believe it or not, I was really active in AIM, so American Online Instant Messenger, in chat rooms for one boy band called Dream Street. And in the Dream Street chat room, there were people who were a couple of years older than me. So I was about 11 at that time. And there were people in the chat who were like 15, 16, 17. And they had friends who were listening to like something corporate and newfound glory and these kinds of bands. And I wanted them to think I was cool. So at first I was like, yes, I listened to the starting line, but then I realized that I actually really liked the starting line. And this whole wanting the older kids to think I was cool turned into me genuinely liking these bands. And from there, I got more and more curious and started to discover things completely on my own because I had a lot of time on the internet unsupervised when I was younger. So I went down a lot of rabbit holes. I started to collect a lot of CDs. And yeah, there's like kind of a repeating pattern, I guess, through everything I was ever into that I get super into it. And I don't want to say that I hyper fixate or that I ever lose interest because it's not that I don't listen to any of those bands anymore. It's just I continually find new and fascinating things musically. But it all always seems to come back to certain things. I like good melodies. I like very simple, simple but pretty lyrics. But for me, the melody is really the key. And there has to be some kind of passion behind the song. Um, and I think everything I listen to, you know, even if it is Eurodance or whatever, I, I like to believe that the Eurodance songs I like are ones that you can tell that the people making them put a lot of effort into making them. And it's not just something cheap and thrown together in 15 minutes because we have to release a song tomorrow. So, um, you, you strike me as like a, a very 
curious type of person? Like, what's what would you say is the weirdest music you ever found out there when diving into one of your rabbit holes? So that's a tough one. That's super tough, actually, because I have a lot. J name an example. The entire CD I own that's just ABBA songs, but in Estonian, and none of them are licensed covers. That's probably up there. <laughs> so did you find that before or after you moved to Finland? After I moved to Finland, of course. That's that's probably up there. And then uh, there's a there's an album on uh, Spotify called God Bless Norwegian Country. That's also really good um, in terms of just being very confusing because I don't know why it exists, but I also love it. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's country music, but it's in Norwegian, and it's just great. It's got the twangs and the banjos, and it's it's everything you could ever want. And it's probably even better if you understand any little bit of Norwegian, because you're probably actually getting something out of it beyond the novelty. But I I love it. You know, but um, I, I think I, mean, I think there is still within the country that is that has Norwegian ling uh, Norwegian lyrics. There are still different, you know, subsections, right? Because also in yeah. country and English, there is the Dolly Parton kind of country. There is the uh, Garth Brooks type of country. And there is so the much, Jimmy Buffett type much, of country. It's very much the modern style, not like the bro country, like Yeehaw Girls and my pickup truck. But it's like, you know, 80s and 90s kind of style, I would say. You know, Kenny Chesney meets Kenny Chesney meets the older stuff. All right, so so more the Judds than say yeah. Florida Georgia line. No, not Florida Georgia line. I would not. I would not sit here in good conscience on your podcast and recommend anything that sounds like Florida Georgia line. Oh, uh, amazing! The, 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 we've gone all over the place from Norwegian Eurodance to pop punk to Norwegian country to Estonian ABBA. Like, how do you how how do you boil all of that down into one concise radio show? They don't force me to. So I think that's the best thing. I I consider Estonian Music Hour to be chaotic good um, because no one interferes. And I think that's the thing I love the most about working at Finest FM because if you compare it to actual commercial radio station, there's so much research and it's all meticulously planned, you know. They, they, they do all the data, you know, they know, okay, we have, when someone tunes into our station, we know we have 20 seconds of their time. And, and, you know, it's, 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 it's very analytical and mathematically calculated. And on Finest FM, I have a show on Saturday evening. And, and as long as I don't say anything ridiculous, they don't care what I play. So some days, I think my favorite episode of my show that I've ever done is um, there is, for some reason, many different covers of the song by Londo in Estonian, you know, by Londo, by Londo, that one. Um, there's like four. No, wait. Yeah, there's like six different versions of that song, all covered in Estonian and all translated into Estonian. And one week I was like, I'm going to play all the by Londos. And so I did. And no one said anything like I was expecting the station manager to call me and be like, hey, you can't you can't do that. Like we're going to need a little bit higher standards for you. Nothing, nothing. And several weeks later, actually, they had the radio station's birthday party and I didn't attend because it was far. It was in Helsinki and I was just nervous about traveling. This was uh, November of last year. And the station manager wrote to me and he's like, yeah, there were people waiting for you who really wanted to meet you. And they, they, you know, I heard so many good things about your show. And in my head, all I could think about was how I played seven different versions of Bailando just a few weeks before. And it's not because it's not that I don't take the show seriously. I take it very seriously. I just I like to experiment with what I'm allowed to because it's it's FM radio. Like people listen to this in their car. There's the chance that somebody was driving home and was like, oh, Bailando. Huh, by Londo again, slightly different. Like, you know, so, like, like, what what are the, like the the minor details? Like, do they also kind of translate it more freely, more more, more liberally? Like so, there's a few different versions of by Londo. Uh, there's some that are straight translations that are more like you know, with my friends, blah blah blah. And then there's one called by Rando, which is just very good. Um, <laughs> that just takes complete liberty. Uh, I love it. But it still counts as a Bailando cover because it's literally Bailando, but they say Pairando. Um, and sometimes I've done that with a couple of other songs that have various versions, like uh, Moonlight Shadow. You know the song, Moonlight Shadow. Yeah, there's like several versions of that in Estonian as well. So I've, I've done episodes where I just play all of the Moonlight Shadows. 
uh, the song I Only Want to Be With You, the 60s song, you know, I only want to be with you. That also has like seven or eight Estonian versions. Uh, so I've done I've done episodes where I just play that. I love how seven Estonian artists just kind of tend to have the same idea. Maybe around the same time, maybe not. And that did not just happen once, but at least no, three times. No. It's 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 fascinating. It's super fascinating. Sometimes you just find stuff like the song Don't You Want Me by Savage has two different covers in Estonian that are different songs completely, different translations and everything. It's it's awesome. I love it. I, I love Estonian people. I love how creative they are. I love how fearless they are. Um, and I've understood that not everyone loves this part of Estonian culture. Some people think it's embarrassing. Uh, some people think that it's a remnant of the past. Some people are very angry that a lot of these covers are not licensed, so royalties are not getting paid, as if anyone's making money off of any of this. And I just think it's awesome. I think it's so cool. Because I, I come from a place where English is the dominant language, and everywhere I go, English is the dominant language, you know? And then I see this this country that's small, that's been through a lot, and that has still the resilience to be creative and have a good time, who's just like, hey, remember Dickie Lou, Dickie Lay? Well, why not translate it for some reason? I just, I love it. I love it. All right. Um, let's get track two on the way. Uh, I, it kind of feels like a mood kill from from what we've been... I was going to say, that is, this is going to be, people are not expecting this one. <laughs> I mean, we, we touched upon punk a little bit earlier, but compared to compa compared to fun Norwegian Madonna covers, this is a, a turn. Uh, it's sorry. It's a band called Limp Wrist, and the track is called Want Us Dead. Here we go. There you go. Um, let's catch our breath a little bit after that one. Nah, it, it's fine. I like punk. I love punk. Um, so usually we don't play full tracks on the show, but you know, this one is below a minute and a half, so it's it, it, I'm legally allowed to do so. Hey. A band from Albany, New York, Limbrists. Why did you pick this artist as your favorite queer artist for today? So I had a really hard time picking a queer artist specifically, mostly because I don't tend to know the sexual and gender alignment of the music I listen to. I listen to a lot of political music. You know, a lot of punk rock is obviously leftist protest songs, but I, I don't always know what where people align, how they identify, and I don't like to assume. Uh, but with Limp Wrist, there's no assumption. They are a queer core band and a pretty awesome one at that. I think I first found Limp Wrist, um, Sometime in the mid-2000s, I think, and I thought it was awesome. I don't know how well it's aged. I guess I, I can't imagine it's aged poorly um, in that sense. I mean, they're, they're, the language didn't always age too well, though, be it like it, in, in the sense that they use words some might consider a slur and others might consider yeah. reclaimed. But, you know, they're, the, 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 the subject matter is as relevant as ever. Yeah, and I think... I think that's the most important thing and something that I think a lot of younger people might not realize is that at the time, if you were a queer punk rocker uh, or a queer hardcore kid, there wasn't really a lot of places for you to turn 
the internet was still relatively young, so you could find people, but the overarching vibe from a lot of people was still quite hostile in a sense. So, you know, the hot button issue at the time was marriage. People thought that, oh yeah, if two men can get married, we've solved inequality and we've solved homophobia. We've solved everything. You know, no one spoke about transphobia or or issues. I mean, of course, within those communities, people spoke about it, but it didn't get the visibility that it gets now, for example. And I think it's important to remember that it doesn't excuse behavior by people, you know, my age and older, or it doesn't excuse them from saying things that are offensive or doing things that are offensive. But like, I think for a lot of people, like older millennials and Gen X, LGBTQIA plus people, there might be a bit of a learning curve. And a lot of us are going to have to at some point maybe examine what we listened to when we were younger. And we don't have to reject it, but we should kind of acknowledge it that, you know, if 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 a band from that day and age, even though they were queer core and they were kind of something that we found safe and comforting, if there are people around us who find it uncomfortable now, we should kind of examine why and maybe have a dialogue about it rather than immediately be like, kids today are offended by everything. But I think it's also important to acknowledge that at the time that was pretty revolutionary. You know, I love hardcore boys and all of those songs. They were, there was nothing like that at the time. So um, tying back into our, uh, in, into a little thing we said with your, with your first track, Spotify likes to tell you where uh, or what year the song was released. In this case, it says 2016, but something tells me it's a lot older than that. So there was a Limp Wrist song, an album that came out a couple of years ago, but I want to say the first Limp Wrist album came out in the early 2000s or potentially even the 90s. Um, I, I, according to their Bandcamp, I think they've been playing since like 98 or something like that. So it might as yeah. well have thrown together a... a cassette at the time yes so i'm actually gonna look this up because i know they had an album that i bought i have it on vinyl but i don't think it came out in 2016 it cannot have been that long ago i want to say that was 2017 or 2018 but the original album from them that i had is much older yeah they've got like two albums on on spotify now one is 2016 one is 2017 but the first one must have been like a re-release or something like that yeah, so I Love Hardcore Boys came out in 99. Yeah, that one isn't even available on, on the streaming platforms. That's one of their best songs is I Love Hardcore Boys. Um, I would have I would have played that one if it would have been available to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. And then Facades, the album Facades came out in 2017. Yeah, exactly. So and before, that, before that, the last album was 20, or 2001. Sorry. So you... Um, you 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 mentioned that um, you're not entirely sure how well this is aged and uh, like this is music that made you feel like in uh, made you feel as if you were in a safe a safe community and like you felt seen and stuff. Are you afraid there is going to be any backlash? Because I don't feel like there is any reason they should. Like uh, to my knowledge, there's no there's no dialogue about limp wrist being problematic. But I definitely I don't have all the answers in that sense. So I always kind of preface whenever I talk about, you know, LGBTQIA representation from 20 years ago, just to keep, just to, you know, be transparent, I always preface and say, someone might find this problematic. I don't think they will, but I don't have all the answers. And I'm also, I think by saying this, I kind of also want to make the people hearing understand that I'm open to having the things that I like criticized, um, because a lot of people aren't. Uh, it, it, it definitely wasn't. Uh, you thinking this is problematic and kind of being apologetic for it. It's like, no. it's more of a general, hey, I like this stuff if uh, if this isn't okay or if if I should be aware of some things, educate me. Yes. All right, cool. Um, is this just one example of the, the queer court acts you listen to? And if so, what makes this one stand out? I think Limprist is probably the first one that I found. Um, and, you know, it, it was showed to me I was at a I was at a venue, a legendary venue called Cafe Metropolis in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, and the sound guy there, we were having a conversation about something, and then he's like, "Oh, you'd probably like Limp Wrist," and then he played "I Love Hardcore Boys," and I was like, "This song is great," <laughs> and and then I I went home and I wanted to find more, and then well, you know, I think all of my stories sound like this one. I went home and wanted to find out more, so I did. All right. 
Um, let's move on to your own queer experience because we can we can talk about about punk bands for for a very long time. Uh, oh, we. Yes. Um, but let's let's talk about you for a second. Um, so a question I like to ask on this uh, podcast is how do you experience gender? So imagine that you're on like Wish or AliExpress or like one of those websites and you type in girl and then like three months later you get something in the mail that's like 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 you could maybe pass it off as girl but you're not really convincing anyone. All right, all right, yeah. So, um, it's it's that makes sense. Yeah, it, it sounds like it makes sense. Sure, yeah. Anything always makes sense because who am I to disagree with how you experience gender, right? Yeah. That that kind of makes me want to draw a connection between something that looks DIY and the DIY punk culture, or is that too much of a stretch? No, no, I don't think it's a stretch. I think in my case, like this is sort of derailing, but like, you know, growing up, I just never felt right. You now people would say like, you know, girls will be girls or something. And I'd be like, what is that? You know, what do you mean by that? Like, what is what is a girl? Um, and, you know, I would try to be put into a box because of my assigned gender that just never felt comfortable. It it, it made me feel strange it didn't feel it didn't feel right um you know i remember a lot of times in school i can't i don't want to talk about specifics but there were many times in school where the girls and the boys would be separated not even for sex ed but just general stuff and it'd be like why are we being separated or you know all my friends are boys and i want to hang out with them and i want to play with them and then they'd be like oh well this is a boys only thing and i'd be like what do you mean like i thought i was a boy if that makes any sense um and, it, you know, it wasn't necessarily a case of, like, I'm not like the other girls because, like, I have no problem with the girls if if you follow my drift. Like, you know, a lot of people have that phase when they're teens. They're like, I'm not like other girls. I don't care about makeup or whatever. I didn't have that. I never knocked the girls for liking what the girls liked. I just wasn't one of them. <laughs> and at the time, I didn't have the, the words for it. So something that... that... I'm not entirely sure is uh, part of the equation, but does your eyesight play part in your gender expression in that sense? Like, did it also so, do that in the time? I'm not sure, because I was already othered because of that. You know what I mean? Like, I've been othered from birth for that exact reason. But at the same time, I've never met other blind, non-binary people before. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure I'm not the only one. But I've never met any. All the blind people I know have been cis and straight. And the other way around, I guess, too. All non-binary people aren't blind. Yes, that's correct. So, uh, um, what are like what what are some major misconceptions when when talking about the combination of being blind and queer? I don't think a lot of people necessarily have misconceptions about the both of them. We're like one or the other, if that makes any sense. So what I found super interesting is people usually, queer people and LGBTQIA plus whatever people usually understand the gender thing right away. They're like, heck yeah, you're non-binary, be valid, ooh woo. And then in the next breath, occasionally we'll say something or do something that's pretty ableist. And then I have to be like, hey now, like back up, you're cool with the one thing, you need to be cool with the other. Um, you know, I've been on several Discord servers and stuff where I've tried to exist as myself and everyone has no problem using my pronouns and, and speaking to me in the way I want to be spoken to. But then if I talk about being blind, it's immediately suspicion like, oh, well, if you're blind, how are you typing this? And it's like, oh, my God. OK, like it's it's interesting for sure. On the other hand. I'll deal with people who are like, of course, blind people deserve to be treated and of course, well, and of course, disabled people are equals. But then we'll be like, there's only two genders. And I'll be like, oh, fuck me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I can't win, I think is, is what it boils down to. Uh, if there are uh, like uh, any blind non-binary people out there listening, what would you? Well, no, let me rephrase that. There are blind and non-binary people listening to this. What would you say to them? 
um, let's be friends because I don't, I don't know anyone like me. You know what? I bet they feel the same. Uh, I mean, I can't, that's the problem. Like I was, I'm, 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 I'm trying to not be ableist and like checking my privilege with every step along the way. And I feel like even, even within myself, I feel like a certain discomfort and like unease talking about it because I also never met anyone like you and you know the more grateful i am that you're on this show but i i am experiencing difficulty like uh a, a trying to avoid ableism or am i being too um i think you don't have to worry as much as you think you do in that sense i think the fact that you care is is really great but i don't think you need to worry you know the fact that you're not treating me with suspicion in and of itself is proof that I don't consider you an ableist person. Of course, you might occasionally accidentally partake in ableism, but that doesn't mean you're a bad person. And that doesn't mean that I would immediately, you know, hang up the phone and, you know, run and cancel you or something. I think, I think it depends a lot on, first of all, intention, but second of all, willingness to be, you know, willingness to be vulnerable and be corrected. Yeah, no, of course. But, you know, the first question I brought up in which I brought up you being blind is already I feel like was already part of the problem, like a the assumption that your queerness and your blindness are connected and b asking about it as if all blind non-binary person people are, are, are a hive mind. No, I don't think you assumed that we were a hive mind. I think you were talking to me and those are things about me that are facts. And I don't assume that you I don't assume that you were going to take what I would say about my experience and then be like, so I spoke to this one person once and this is now how I think. You know, I don't I don't think that you think that we don't have agency as individuals. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, it's 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 not like you're uh, preaching a universal truth. Exactly. No, it's no. Uh, the only universal truth I'm preaching is that there is no better album than the ABBA covers in Estonian by All Stars. Yeah, that's. Um, and, and now, once again, like, I need to get this out of the way because, you know, the fact that a 50 episode that's in your the first blind person on this podcast and B, the fact that now while I'm talking about my own discomfort in this conversation, it feels like I'm like fishing for compliments and confirmation that I'm doing the right thing. I don't think you are. I don't think you are. I don't think you need to overthink it. I think you're being fine. I like your shirt, by the way. What? Thank you. It's um, a nice shirt. Um, but yeah, overthinking, isn't that what we queers do? That's all the time. <laughs> That's one stereotype that is a hundred percent true. Speaking of universal truths, I bet you also quite used to having conversations like these, given you also give accessibility training and stuff. Yes. Yeah. So this is not the first, nor it will be the last time I'm discussing this. And I think not to make you uncomfortable, but a, a large portion of what I do is making people feel less uncomfortable to ask questions. It's really interesting because I feel like there's two kinds of people in the world. And of course, there's some in the middle, but it's either if you're blind, how are you reading this? Ca a cap, fake, liar, you know, sus, whatever. And then there's the people who are like, hey, see you later. Oh, no, I shouldn't say see you later because you can't see. Oh, no, that was really ableist. Oh, no. And, and then it's like, it's really nice because sometimes I meet people who are in the middle and it's it's very cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, thank you for uh, doing what you do, and thank you for 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 being patient with not just me, but everyone who uh, <laughs> falls in either of those categories. You are very welcome to everyone. So, um, I when it comes to track number three, yes, there are two options. I've got, I've definitely got a preference. <laughs> So do we want to play the Finnish one or the non-Finnish one? Because they both have good stories, but one of them, I don't know. It's up to you, Hannah. You you pick. All right. Then I'm going to go with the non-Finnish one because I feel okay. like we've got two Eurodance type of songs and then yes. two non-Eurodance type of songs. I feel like that balances it out nicely. It's a nice balance. It's a nice balance. All right. There we go. The Get Up Kids, a track called Holiday.
love this track so much. Like, with the Get Up Kids, you really struck a chord with me. I'm so into that emo stuff. Get Up Kids, Sunny Day Real Estate, Jawbreaker. Yes, oh those my are all my favorites. God, I love it so much. But uh, you actually had the honor of seeing the Get Up Kids live. Please yes, share I your did. story. 2009, the Bamboozle Festival in New Jersey. The first time I ever cried out of joy at a gig. I've since cried out of joy many times at gigs because as I've gotten older, I've just turned to mush. But that was the first time. Uh, I was in the front, in the barricade, just living my best life. Finally got to see the Get Up Kids after being a fan for like 10 years and it was amazing. Um, have you had the honor of seeing them live since? No, believe it or not, because I moved to Finland two years later and they've come to Europe. I was supposed to see them in 2019. I was also supposed to see Mineral in 2019, uh, which Mineral being my favorite band of all time would have been everything. Uh, but I got very sick, believe it or not, and I had to cancel my whole trip to Germany. So so the other uh, song you had lined up, the other song you had lined up for this section was Teflon Love by Nylon Bead. Um, yes. People can look it up if they want to. Uh, I might as well include it in the Queer Sounds playlist. You can find it at uh, queersounds.com. There's a link to the Spotify playlist with all the songs ever featured on the show or ever featured, I think, at the last year. I did like a purge of all of the older songs that from like earlier episodes. Either way, I think Teflon Love is going to be included in that playlist. Definitely go look it up. Share your story, Alicia, on, on, on that experience because it's so, a whole different situation. It's a completely different song. Uh, in the 90s in Finland, I obviously did not live here, but Nylon Beat, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s was a really big deal. Uh, they, they split up and went their separate ways. And then in 2018, they did a series of comeback gigs and I happened to see one. And, you know, I went into it with no expectations because Nylon Beat songs are not bad. It's just they're kind of cheesy. And at the time, the girls were singing in a really nasally way. It has a very distinct sound. And, you know, for me as a foreigner at times, it was it was sort of strange. And then I remember being with two of my friends at this festival, seeing their last performance ever. They had like five comeback shows. This was their last one. And then I remember just watching Teflon Love and being like, I'm loving every second of this and I'm very happy. And I, I don't know what came over me in that moment, but I was just so happy. And I'll never forget that moment. And it was to the backdrop of Nylon Beat playing Teflon Love. <laughs> so is uh, Nylon Beat one of the artists that you kind of stumbled upon while, while diving down your rabbit holes? Or was this something no. that you came across on like Finnish radio? I came across this after I moved to Finland. Uh, the only Finnish artists I knew about before I moved here were Lordi, uh, who I've actually seen live before moving to Finland, believe it or not, at the same exact festival where I saw the Get Up Kids. Uh, and then Ante Toisko, who is like a very famous pop star. I knew about him because of a rabbit hole. Um, at the time, I was very curious about idols from all around the world. This was like 2003 as well. So I knew, yeah, I knew Hanna Pakarinen, who won the first idols. And then I knew Ante Toisko, who I think came in second, which is like in retrospect, how Ante Toisko didn't win is like very fascinating to me. All right. So, so you're talking about idols, not as like a cultural uh, phenomenon, no, but I, idols I, as the TV show, like the American TV Idol. show. Yeah. yeah, is that something that you actually followed? I remember, like back when I was in like sixth grade, it was the entire thing because the first season of Dutch Idols was 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 airing, and everyone was hyped about it, and I didn't get it. So I followed the first season of everyone around the world. So in two thousand three or two thousand four, they had something called World Idol where all of the idol contestants from all over the world competed, like the, the winners. And I was very excited because I was cheering on, I think I was cheering on the British one and the Norwegian one. The Norwegian winner was Kurt Nielsen. And I want to say that the British winner was Will Young and that Gareth Gates came in second. But it could very well be that Gareth Gates won and Will Young came in second. But my memory is awful. And I feel like Will Young should have won. But because of how much of a farce idol is, it's very possible Gareth Gates won. But he shouldn't have won because Will Young is clearly the superior artist. And why I didn't choose him for my favorite queer artist now in retrospect. Okay, it doesn't matter. But... 
So they had World Idol, and uh, I was very much cheering for Kurt Nilsson, the Norwegian winner, and he ended up winning World Idol, and I was very happy about that. But I think Hanna Pakarinen was also part of that, but I can't remember. I'm just really enjoying like your 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 general, what's the word, the specific interests. Yes, I I'm sorry. <laughs> No, no, don't please don't be. It's 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 so fun. Like it's I did not expect to talk about like talent shows on TV. And you know it's 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 weird that I never actually got into them because you know it should be uh something straight up my alley because you know um a bunch of fun musicians and and and, and discovering new talent and and cool new music. But I don't like them anymore, except Eurovision. Eurovision is basically sports to me, so I will start. I will start following Eurovision already in November. Eurovision for me lasts from November to May every year because in November, uh, Estilal songs are already usually released. So I start following those, and then uh, you know, as December and January come, there's more and more, and then the national finals start happening in February. So Eurovision for me is sports, uh, but otherwise now I don't watch any talent shows like Voice or anything like this because they they were always kind of fake, but they've become more and more fake. I think as time has gone on, so. I just I'm not interested. I definitely understand what you were talking when what what you said about Eurovision being sports because you know we had the entire month of May like blasting uh, all of the Eurovision stuff onto the Twitter and whatever and like yep. literally the month later the uh I I think it's the European Football Cup like the European Football Championships that started and and uh, my entire timeline flooded with football stuff and I'm thinking Oh, so this is how people feel during Eurovision who are not interested in the actual Eurovision. I had the same exact thought. When everything was football, I was like, wow, this must how it must have felt when like I wouldn't shut up about Ukraine for three weeks. I am so glad that we were supporting the same country. Yes, I was actually. okay. so I was supporting Ukraine. I was supporting Iceland. I was supporting Lithuania and I was supporting Norway. Um, Before we before we uh, get get too far lost into Eurovision maze um, because that tends to happen when a bunch of queer people talk about Eurovision. Like, sure, we kind of get lost in it. Uh, I I, I kind of want to make the segue back to like Estonian music and um, yes. and and all of that type of stuff because you said it's chaotic. Good. Uh, you suggested I look up some stuff uh, before diving into Estonian music, and you. Um, uh, suggested I check the Wikipedia page of something called Radio Kaks Astahit. I uh, I had a wonderful afternoon. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I'm so happy I could have given that to you. Thank you. Uh, um, I, I had a wonderful time checking out all of the greatest uh, Estonian hits from 1996 to now. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. So what were your favorites? I have to ask. I know that you're the one interviewing me, but what were your favorites? Um, the, the, the one that I specifically wrote down here uh, is is one called Oinene by uh, Kater? I think it's Kater. Oh, Oinene by Kater. Yes. Yeah. That's because a the, the 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 reason why that one stood out to me was because uh, on the album cover they look like the jazz trio from Star Wars. <laughs> so that is what Kater does. That is their aesthetic. I saw them last summer. I've seen them many times now, but I saw them this summer actually, and they they dress like that. That's what they do. Yeah, I, uh, I I couldn't stop listening to that entire playlist, uh, which I definitely recommend. It's missing so much, though. Yeah. Also, there is too many. There are too many usual suspects in there. Like, um, please go ahead. Explain the uh, radio to Astahit to anyone so who isn't familiar. Astahit is uh, where Estonians vote on the song of the year and they can vote between a list of domestic songs, so Estonian songs, and foreign songs. And ultimately they choose the top five domestic songs and the top foreign songs. And then from those they choose song of the year Estonia and song of the year foreign. So last year's song of the year was a song called Maakas, uh, which means like redneck or something like hillbilly redneck something like this and i can't remember what the foreign song was for last year i just remember that makos was song of the year i think um the foreign one was billy eilish probably yeah i um like i think billy eilish had like spot number one and two and uh, th- uh and in third came like the weekend or something like that 
Probably, yeah. So, song of the year from me last year. I'm not going to spoil it because it's actually coming up in this show. But Makos was not a bad song. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, no, it took me a while to make the connection there. Um, yeah, not going to spoil it. Okay, but what what would you think is song of the year uh, international? International? From last year or 2021? 2021 so far. Okay, 2021 so far, song of the year international. Oh. That's a good one. I mean, just based on everything that's happened, probably Monoskin's Beggin'. Why that one? It's everywhere. It's not my favorite, but it's everywhere. It's clearly a hit. And I think for Estonia, for Estonia's Song of the Year would probably have to be uh, Lise Lemselo and Stefan with Domino or Vis um, Minost Gloria Buffalo. Those artists, I, I don't know any of those. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then for Finland, I think it would probably be uh, Portion Boys and Matti Teppo Vautikihtu. So, do you like comparing those things, like the 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 uh, the Estonian Song of the Year, the Finnish Song of the Year, oh, US yeah. Song it's of the fun. Year? For all I for all I know, it's fun. It's super fun to compare and see the differences and and just what the what the current kind of state of the culture is. I'm kind of entertained because uh, this isn't the first time I talked about like some kind of song of the year event the other time it came up is like a while back and we we're talking about uh triple j in australia and I'm, i'm just so entertained that around the world there is always like some kind of song of the year every every country has their own song of the year celebration and i'm always yeah. so entertained by that yeah i think it's i think it's awesome especially when they like the, how they do it in estonia where they actually separate the domestic and the international because i think it it just acknowledges the talent they have at home in finland we don't really have a song of the year type thing and if we did it probably would be something international i mean it, it might also be finnish but it might not be and we would probably have a combined list you know what i mean or maybe one genre would have their own list like maybe some pop station would have their own top pop songs but what i like about Ostahit is they only separate between estonian and non-estonian not genre so last year you know you had a lot of rap but then you also had trad attack which is like dance versions of traditional folk songs uh you know you had Shan shannon which is like kind of folky folksy poppy rock kind of stuff so they don't separate by genre and i like that because it, it i feel like it gives everyone a fair chance i think i know what my song of the year would be oh what is it um International, I would I would probably go for for Montero Mosaics. Oh, that's a good song. That's a really good song. The album dropped uh, as we're recording I this. The album that. dropped last I Friday. I, I I had a great time listening to it. I didn't get to listen to it yet. Oh, but you know, I'm I'm the type that, that spends their entire Saturday morning or uh, and Friday morning just checking out like my release radar, all of my new music too. playlists, new albums, like is it's such a fun hobby to have. I do that too. Last week there was a couple of new releases in Finland that were very exciting. Um so I, I got a little bit distracted by those, but I'm hoping to I'm hoping to sit down with the little Nas X album at some point this week once things cool down. All right. Um so your um uh, song of the year uh Estonian what 2020 yeah what oh oh the one you uh it's the one you voted for it's not the one that's been released this year uh yeah no i get it yeah yeah uh either way it's the last track we're gonna play on this show today uh so please give a little bit of an introduction so uh the song is by a group called pizza which is actually a super group made up of reket who is one of the most famous and successful estonian rappers of the last 10 years uh kohover which is from the rap collective Vis Minost, which is the most successful rap collective of the past 10 years, and Boy Pepperoni. And the song is called Avocado, parentheses, Leitzinta, and it's kind of an ironic love song. And this would have this would have been my vote for Song of the Year 2020. Uh, the Pizza album came out in February, and the vinyl edition of the album is a picture disc of a pizza. Very good. Uh, what made this Song of the Year to you? Uh, the rhythm is fantastic. The beat is fantastic. The lyrics are very cheeky. I like it. I just like everything about this song. All right, cool. Let's uh, have a listen. But first, uh, the sign-off for today. 
Thank you all for listening. This has been Queer Sounds. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, you can do so through patreon.com slash queer sounds. There you can get access to stickers, uh, the Queer Sounds Discord, a whole bunch of stuff. You can follow this podcast at Queer Sounds Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You know, send send a tweet, share it with your friends, spread the word, get the love out. And uh, wow, I'm really blasted through those, huh? Alicia, uh, thank you for coming on the show and thank you all for listening. Here is Pizza Trekled Avocado. Me pilgud kohtusid, kus õige noobel rõiva pood Ja kui mul auto korrasta, me sinna jälle sõita koos Kõle oma tea, nüüd enam vähem fotograafi Teeb need heinapalli pildid ära ema fotoraami Ja kuigi sa isasse, mul ammul ikka kui näkjud vees Teeb need pulmad lõpuks ära, mul sammulis ikka Käpp on sees, blingib süda, blingib mul kui mootori Tule kesed ja sul varsti pudeneb nii et teele teele Listen to